Hello and welcome to Clout, a podcast profiling Australia's future leaders in Asia. I'm Lucy Duke. And I'm Brodie Burns-Williamson. Thanks for joining us. Each week, we talk to Aussies making an impact in their community to learn about the dash of language, the pinch of culture, and the blind luck that led them to where they are today. We ask our guests to take us on their journey to Asia capability by sharing with us their choice of food, song, show, and person to help us understand what being an Aussie with clout is all about. My guest today is Matthew Wong, an entrepreneur with interests in hospitality, education, and real estate. Matt's an Aussie-born Malaysian Chinese who grew up in Sydney. As a young professional, he moved to Beijing in 2008 to get out of his comfort zone, which lasted for 10 years. I met Matt in Beijing in 2014 when I had moved to undertake a leadership scholarship and Matt was working on the family business that provided experiential learning opportunities for foreigners to get a taste for China in a meaningful way. But what made me want to stay in touch with Matt was when he told me he also ran an Aussie pie shop called Two Guys and a Pie. And as a new Aussie in China, that was very exciting. We asked Matt today to take us on his journey to Asia capability by nominating a food, a song, a TV show, and person that help us understand what being an Aussie with clout is all about. Before we get to all that, please tell us about how you decided to start up a Aussie pie shop pretty shortly after you arrived in China. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for uh, having us as your guest. The idea for opening up uh, Two Guys in a Pie, it actually originated when I was just having a chat to a fellow Australian called Andrew that I met over there. And we were bonding over the fact that we both love a pie, (laughs) but we couldn't find a meat pie over there. There were no pies. Yeah, there weren't any. And then we thought that'd actually be a great idea. Why don't we be the ones to to do something about it? And I don't have any uh, culinary... uh, training. My background is purely uh, your fast foods, like your your KFCs and (laughs) Starbucks and all that. But I do love to cook. Anyway, we thought it'd be a great idea. And so we uh, just experimented with recipes. We looked it up. We committed to buying a pie making machine from the UK. Let me just read Trace as well, actually. Uh, So when I uh, had been living in Beijing for about half a year, I would say, and I knew that I wasn't going back anytime soon. When I went back to Australia, I actually brought back a few dozen frozen uh, 4 and 20s. No way. Yeah, so I I, uh, sneakily uh, packed them into the the suitcase. Wow, Uh, and they stayed? Yeah, yeah, yes, with with a few ice packs, I managed to make it work. And, yeah, that was, I guess, the, the lightning the, the, the light the bulb moment where it's just like there's got to be an easier way to get my pie fixed there. Yeah, where you started selling so. your pies for 100 RMB to your neighbors <laughs> and friends. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, pies in China, you know, there wasn't anything that quite replicated, you know, the, the Aussie pie, which is mm. which is one of the, I guess, comfort foods that Aussies want to have when mm-hmm. they're overseas. You know, China does have their own comparable items so that they have the uh, 
Xianbing, which is also a meat filled mm-hmm. pastry. They have uh, the roll bing, the roll jamo. Mm-hmm. I know you're a big fan of, of the roll jamo. Big fan of roll jamo. Yeah. yeah. Or just an apple pie at, at McDonald's. Those were probably the, the closest uh, things. So, yeah, it was really twofold for why we wanted to open up two guys in a pie. The first, the first part was the selfish reasons for us to get our pie fix and for fellow Aussies. And the second part was also to introduce some Australian culture to China mm. and, and other foreigners who may not have had much exposure to Australian culture or pies. Nice. And how was the reception to Australian pies? Yeah, no, it went it went really well. So after we had been experimenting with recipes, there's a, a publication slash forum called The Beijinger where a lot of foreigners turn to as, as a resource for, you know, events, mm-hmm. places to eat and all that. And we just put up a post like, hey, you know, we, we got some meat pies that we're just, you know, wanting some feedback on. And then there was there was a mass reception for that. And, yeah, from then on, you know, it was burning the midnight oil, uh, <laughs> making pies, you know, as, as a it – was, it was a moonlighting thing, you know. We, we both had full, full-time yeah. jobs. And that went quite well. We were just delivering frozen pies to people. And it got to a point where we thought, you know, there's there's enough demand for this. Let's open up a pie shop. So we ended up opening up a pie shop right right in the middle of the the bar district mm-hmm. of Beijing, which is called Sunli Tun. And somewhat inspired by Harry's Cafe to Wheels, if if people uh, have come across that. It's it's a famous um late night pie haunt of people in in uh australia so we were yeah open till gosh 3 a.m 4 a.m on friday saturday night (laughs) yeah handling customers of all of of various uh states (laughs) but very very happy after their pie fix yes amazing Well, this is a natural segue to our first nomination mm-hmm. for food. What have you nominated for us today? Oh, this is a tough one. It's like asking someone to name their favorite kid. There's just so many delicious foods in China, but I'm going to narrow it down to one of my go-tos, uh, especially when I first first got there. It mm. was just very relatable, which is called uh, chua and specifically the young roll chua, which is a lamb skewer. Mm-hmm. I believe it originates from uh, Xinjiang. Mm-hmm. So the, the a typical young roll chua would be yeah, pieces of lamb and skewered onto a stick and seasoned with all, all sorts of things, but de- definitely um, cumin mm-hmm. and paprika would be, would be on mm. it. It's considered a street food. And you would just see people just on the sides of the streets barbecuing it and it just smells delicious. Mm. And, yeah, just after, you know, having a couple of drinks or just if you're not overly hungry but just, just want to have a snack, it's it was just the perfect uh, in-between mm-hmm. item. And, yeah, as someone with a Malaysian background, it to me that was comparable to satays. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Definitely. and just as as an Aussies, we we all love a barbecue. So, you know, if, if you see someone just just cooking meat over flame, it's yeah. It's true. Hard to resist. Definitely drawn to it. I remember yeah. those days. Yeah. Years on a street corner at any given exactly, time. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I, I love this. There are 
the sign. So at, at nighttime, they'll the, the sellers, they'll often have a character for the chua, mm-hmm. which literally looks like a chua. It's just a vertical line with two rectangles uh, intersecting true. it. That's and, true. yeah, it's just so from, from far away down the street you can see the sign and, yeah, you gravitate to it. That's amazing. Yeah. I've never thought about mm. the character. You'll be able to recognise it even not being able to um, read Chinese. Exactly. Well, I think your love of food naturally leads us to your next nomination. What TV show have you picked for us? It does, yes. So I'm, I'm a big foodie and most foodies wouldn't be very familiar of this person. Unfortunately, they're, they're not around anymore. But, uh, yeah, his name is Anthony Bourdain and he filmed a number of uh, TV shows really uh, an intersection between travel and food, culture and people. Just really enjoyed his shows because he just didn't sugarcoat things and he had a bit of a, a punk rock spirit about him. I was really into that kind of music at high school. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he really did a good job of just helping bridge the gap and helping transport people at home watching on the TV. Just He just takes them into this foreign country that they might have no idea about Mm. and he just makes it he just explains things in a very relatable way and it doesn't hurt the fact that there's food involved um people got to eat so yeah so before i went over to made the move to beijing so i hadn't actually been to china i'd I'd been to mainland china let me say i've been to hong kong Mm. i'd been to other countries in in asia i've been to the u.s but i hadn't been to mainland China. So I had no idea what to expect. I didn't speak Mandarin. I Mm. I spoke a little bit of Cantonese. So that was really the only background that I had. So my homework to prepare for (laughs) making the jump to Beijing was actually to watch a few episodes of Anthony Bourdain's Travels to China. Nice. And yeah, that just made, it just made things feel like, oh, everything's going to be okay you know he, mm. he he can relatable yeah he he can handle it he was a bigger fish out of water than than me but he you know made it work and that and also the food just looked amazing so mm. the dumplings the the noodles the peking dutch all the things that were featured on on the show looked mm-hmm. so delicious and i just could not wait to set foot in beijing well often In China, when you get taken out to dinner by locals, the natural progression post-dinner is KTV or karaoke. What have you nominated as a song (laughs) for us today? So this is actually a true story. So (laughs) so Chinese, they they love to go to KTV, as as you would know. That that would be the equivalent of Aussies wanting to go to the pub or play sports, Mm. right? So my choice is musician called David Tao and the background to why I've chosen him as my song of choice is actually when I was yeah freshly arrived in China and I was taken to my first KTV experience and because I didn't speak Mandarin I wasn't looking to choose a Mandarin song and I was I was just sitting there listening to my my friends pick songs in Mandarin Mm -hmm. and it's all very foreign to me and then all of a sudden this song by David Tao comes on and there's a couple of lines in English <laughs> in it. And I'm like, 
Okay, this is the first memorable song, and it, it, it's a catchy song. I as can well, sing to be, along to, to this. To be fair, yeah, I can I can sing along. This can be the song that I can try to memorize. It's slow, it's catchy, simple, and yeah, I, I thought this will be my my homework. The particular song is called "I Hen Gen Dun," which means love is simple, love is easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's have a listen. Let's do it. 忘了是怎么开始，也许就是对你有一种感觉。忽然间发现自己已深深爱上你，你真的很简单。的堤岸，天黑都已无所谓，是是非非无法抉择、哦，没有后悔，为爱日夜去跟随，那个疯狂的人是我。Are you confident to belt it out at karaoke? <laughs> I, I never got around to memorizing the full lyrics. But, uh, yeah, I, I picked up a few bits and pieces within the song. Yes, <laughs> but no, I'm not the greatest karaoke singer. I'm, I'm normally just uh, hiding in the shadows. Yeah, tambourine, tambourine. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Tam- tambourine or the backup singer to yeah, to someone sure. if they're really good. All right, and finally. Who have you nominated as a person you consider to have great clout? Yeah, so growing up, my favorite sport to both play and watch was tennis. And back then, there weren't a lot of tennis players with, with an Asian appearance. And in fact, my favorite player was Swedish, called Stefan Edberg. Anyhow, he lost to this person of clout called Michael Chang in the French Open final, and at the time I was mad because this Michael Chang beat my favorite player. But looking back, I think uh, everything happens for a reason,、mm. and that actually ended up being Michael Chang's only Grand Slam、wow. title, which in the tennis world is is a very big achievement.、Mm-hmm. Anyhow, Michael Chang was the only Asian playing professional tennis, or, or at least succeeding at that. Level、mm. that I could remember, so he was very unique in that sense. And the fact that he was able to do that, I just wonder how many future people he inspired. Because、mm. professional sports—that's not something that a lot of Asians typically aspire to, or、mm-hmm. for various reasons. Maybe they're discouraged by their their peers, or it's just not on their radar,、mm. or maybe they they don't think they have the, the athletic capability. Of others, so I thought that was really inspirational. And now in the sports world, you do see a lot more 
agencies you see in, in different sports, whether it be mm-hmm. basketball or or running or swimming, mm. baseball and so on. So I think uh, in that sense, he, he's been a bit of a, a trailblazer. Amazing. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thanks a lot for having us. 